0: And welcome back to the studio. My name is Alexi Boyd here with Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. Thank you very much for joining me in the uh, studio today. uh, I I came across this uh, fellow in LinkedIn. Now many of my listeners will know that when I'm, a, I'm an encourager of, of genuine connections on LinkedIn. So you meet people at networking events, you might grab a business card or, or have a quick chat to them and say, look, I'll connect with you later. And then you you know, get into LinkedIn that later that evening or perhaps the next day and straight away you connect with them. And it's a genuine connection. I don't believe in whack-a-mole uh, where you just hit the, the, the like button or hit the connect button with anyone that you might meet. However... When I came across this uh, wonderful connection on LinkedIn, I thought myself, well, this is someone who I really would love to get to know because obviously very like-minded individuals. We're both very passionate about business, small business, small business advocacy, and also supporting small businesses in line with their admin and processes and procedures. Those sort of topics are things that I, I talk about with great gusto because I'm very excited about them. So I'm, I'm super excited to be welcoming in studio after a quick coffee chat, my, uh, my guest from Tools of Business tools of business, which is Muhammad. Sa Sorry, I said that wrong. Mohammed Said. Thank you so much for coming today on the program.
1: Thank you so much. Did Lexi. I get that
0: right? I just completely c- cocked up your name, I think.
1: <laughs> no, you got it spot on. That was fantastic. <laughs> Look,
0: thank you so much for coming on the show. When we met over coffee, which is not something I regularly do because I do like to sort of, you know, meet people in other ways, but I thought, no, this is, this is going to be awesome because we're going to be talking a lot about, um, you know, just getting your act together and you, it only took a couple of minutes between you and I talking when I realised that this is something you're very passionate about as well. Now, what what is your small business journey? Take me through it. Why is it that you are so passionate about small businesses and supporting them in this way? But but what is it that led you to uh, to, to where you are today?
1: I think small business has always been something that's in my blood. Uh, it's then probably from my grandparents and into my parents and then down, down through us, uh, um, I'm originally South African, as I told you. So born and grew up in South Africa, and uh, we've been almost 20 years now in Australia, in Sydney in particular. And uh, I always grew up; Dad had a business, pretty much, uh, you know ever since i know myself dad was has been running a business a small business and um we used to be in and out of the business you know seeing things and he'd take us around with him sometimes and um and so on and And we just sort of it was just natural for us that was what dad did he, you know he had a business and uh, you know he made a living out of that and as i grew up um I sort of found that I had those kind of uh, that instinct desire to follow down that pathway of getting into my own business and um, having my own, setting my own lifestyle, creating my own lifestyle for myself and through my journey and what I've learned over, you know, almost 20 years now in in trying to run a small business and and being, you know, reasonably successful in in, in what I um, think has been successful, um, I found that there are challenges that businesses face Mm. and we can go through to you know you can educate yourself and those kind of things but you somehow need some sort of uh, methodology, or a process, or a system to be able to take your business to the next level, and that's where most people sort of fall short. They get the training, they go to the conferences, they listen to all these gurus and business uh, mentors and so forth, and then they they fall short. They don't take action, or hmm. they they do it for a little bit, and then they don't have the motivation, or they don't have the somehow they don't have the uh, desire to, to follow it through and that's where um, I think they they miss the opportunities and so forth and uh, I've always I've always welcomed opportunities I find that you've got to you've always got to be ready an opportunity will knock on the door and and if you're not ready you're going to miss that opportunity mm. uh, and in business that is always the case uh, you, you may be you, today you might be doing a certain type of business or, or or run a particular business but 5 years down the track things might change technology has completely disrupted almost most industries and as it continues it's going to disrupt more and more industries and you've got to make a change you've got to make a switch sometimes but again you 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 may need to look back at your business and see what can i adjust or tweak within my business to ensure I stay relevant in today's time as well.
0: That's right you need to be thinking about the future but as well thinking about what's happening on the day-to-day level so that you're ready for that change. Do you think that having processes and procedures in place makes you more readily um, accepting of change and, and ready for those disruptions that you speak of?
1: Definitely, definitely. Because by having those systems of processes, methods in place, it just sets you up. It frees you from doing all these tedious tasks, as we were talking about, and simplifies what you need to do, frees up your time, and it allows you to, uh, uh, I suppose, um, recognize an opportunity when it comes. Because you're not you know, busy running everything, putting out fires all day, you've got, you know, you can think for a little bit. If you've got a smooth system that runs, frees you up, you can think a little bit. And that's probably the biggest challenge. Most business owners just don't have the time to pause, Mm. think, reflect, and, you know, take action. Rather, it's all reaction, reaction.
0: That's right. I think that 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 word pause is something that we don't even wow, I hadn't even thought about that thinking of the way, you know, me and my small business colleagues might work in our business. It's always very reactionary. It's very, I've got an email, I've got to do this. A client's called me, they need me to do this. Um, This has got to happen. I've got this deadline. And and you're always working off other people's or other systems that are pushing things onto you instead of taking control and you deciding and you have even just having that moment to pause. I mean, when do we ever just kind of go, okay, stop. I mean, typically I would say small business owners are notorious for eating their lunch at their desk and not even possibly not even sitting down while they're eating lunch or on the go. And, And it just shows that we don't take that time to stop and take stock of what's going on around us. And we can't do that if we're constantly, you know, busying around with all the little bits and pieces and pieces of paper and all those sort of processes that you can streamline.
1: Yeah, correct. And I think for, for small businesses, it's critical for, for a small business to be able to compete in today's time. Mm. You've got to be able to understand your business and also understand what you do and how you serve your, your customer. And and some of the things that we put down, um, you know, that we wanted to discuss was, um, uh, what was that? uh duh, duh, duh.
0: Just things like just, just having it in place, exactly, yeah. and even just writing it down. A lot of people, when they come to me and say, I don't know where to start, I say, well, just just do it chronologically. Think about what is your relationship with, like, say, a client when they come on board. What is it, it, Literally, what is the step-by-step process that you do? They, they might call, might be an inbound call, and you take some notes. All right, there's a start. Where do you put those notes? And then the next one is you follow up with an email, and then you m- not, might need to build a file for them as a new client and some procedural documents that you need to have there because the same process goes on for everyone. So even if you're in design or something that's quite creative, you still have a process that you follow when you're onboarding something simple like a client. And then from there, it can grow. You know, you can say to yourself, I'm going to bring on a new staff member. Well, what are they going to do? I mean, they don't just walk in the door and you have no idea about what it is that you want them to do for your business. So you, you sit down, you pause as you said so beautifully, you pause and you, you take stock. What is it that I want this person to support me with? What skills do I need them to have? And what do I see their typical day leading out to? So when you get into a bit of an overwhelm, uh, do you think chronological is a great way to, to look at it and to try and s- step it out?
1: Yes, definitely. And and it comes back to that train of thought I just lost earlier. It's about the experience. It's experience both for the customer, but also the experience for your staff working for you. You are competing basically against the best experience a customer has had and the best experience a staff member has had.
0: Can you explain that a little bit? Because you mentioned that in, in in our emails when you were saying you wanted to talk about that. And I did get a little bit confused. What do you mean by you're competing with the best experience? So... In, in, in the world that we live today, it, it's everything has changed. It's all about experiences. People
1: want to experience things. We, we're shifting away from, let's say, an ownership of something mm. versus just having access to uh, a particular thing. So typically um car sharing, those kind of things. People, you know, the younger generation might not be driving their own cars. They'll just be sharing cars.
0: That would be nice um, coming from someone who's got children. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: correct. Save us a lot of money. Yeah.
0: Um, so people, people want to have an experience.
1: Experience. They want to. They want to feel something. They, that's how they connect with your business, um, and, and, and it, it, it instills some sort of emotional connection mm. between you and your business. So you're then, like I said, you're competing against the best experience they've ever had. Your experience or the way they. Um, uh, the, when when your business comes across to them, they have to feel that this is this has wowed them. They have to enjoy the experience. They have to be able to take this experience and talk it because people are now social and they'll share that um, online with all their friends and their family. So you're competing with the last experience they had with your business as well. So every time someone comes to your business, you've got to be able to provide a better level of of uh, an experience. Uh, uh, an enjoyment for for the customer so whether it is you're selling a product and when someone receives that product and how they wired when they open that product and the packaging and, and the feel of that versus the same thing with a service type um business that this the level of service that you're providing someone so is that experience that you're giving them better than the last experience that they've ever had in a similar product or a similar service that they've received
0: And that's a way that you're showing that, you know, you you can't just think about the journey of bringing someone on board. You've got to think about it all the way through to their testimonial, how they feel about it right at the end and what they're talking about at the end of the journey. So I guess in this way processes and procedures do tie into advertising and marketing, not just your day-to-day running of the business.
1: Oh, for sure. Because to be able to deliver an experience like that, you've got to have your whole process in place. You've mm. got to have A to B. You've got to have contingencies on that as well because every nothing runs smoothly. So it's essential that your systems and processes are in place. There's an automation in that systems and processes because sometimes human error can come in place. Automation um, simplifies things and we can do things while we're even sleeping through automation. So it's critical that if you want to provide uh, the best level of experience to a customer, you've got to have a very good system and a process or methodology within place within your business to be able to deliver that experience. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, just speaking about your experience with the variety of customers, I know that you deal with um, clients across lots of different um, areas. You don't specialize in one thing because let's face it, every business can get their act together in some way, shape or form. So when people come to you um, and they might be a little bit disorganized or they're just at that, that growth phase where everything's exploding and they don't know whether to put themselves into the business development side of things or the sales or getting things organized. In your mind, thinking of it as a strategy point of view, what's the most common piece of advice you give people to do first? What's the first process or procedure they really need to nail down, almost in a psychological way to help them get organized? Because I mean, I know from my experience as a bookkeeper, I'm just like, you've just got to get yourself your books sorted. Just get that sorted out, and then you can think about cash flow. But it's not just about that. That's just from my perspective. So when people come to you, what's what's the priority? How do you prioritise them?
1: I think for every small business, the, <coughs> sorry, the number one goal is probably freedom and freedom of time. So I would mm-hmm. say to them, we've got to find, a, uh, we've got to work out how much time you're spending in your business. Right? So there's various different tools that we can track exactly what people are doing oh, throughout the day. There's an app ha- for that there's there's, <laughs> there's there's a few apps yeah. uh, out there for that. So that's probably the first thing we want to know. Right. How much time are you spending in your business that's taking you away from doing something else because if you prioritize something something else has to give yep. so you know time is our most precious asset we never get that back everyone has the same 24 hours so i try to work with people first thing first let's get let's get that time issue sorted out let's mm. find more time for you in the day so then we can then work with you with what systems need to flow around and, and it's not only sometimes the business owner. There could be key staff within the business as well that you need to free up their time uh, and, and allow them to do more creative work or, or more important tasks or focus on, on more important customers, stuff like that. So time is probably the most critical thing that we try to tackle first and say, mm. right, let's manage time. From there, we build out the system.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you, um, do you literally come in and say, right, all the, the key people in is it the business owner who has a feeling for who's wasting time wasting time wrong spending their time in the wrong areas so you get all of them to monitor for a few days or maybe a week where they're spending on chunks of time on and then from that you work out which processes need to be systemized
1: yeah, yeah, correct because again the business sometimes for the business owner he he may not realize just how much time that person needs to take to do certain things the mm. business owner is focused on being the business owner and doing um, he's tasks and, and duties
0: and hopefully not doing what his staff are doing do, which sometimes they do yes <laughs> that is correct
1: so so yes so then each each member of the of the team needs to sort of work out we need to understand what times they need for certain tasks how long it takes to do certain things mm. and then we could then sit together and then prioritize what's important what's not who can, you know, do we delegate things, what can be eliminated as well um, through that process and and then, you know, create a system and a process uh, that suits that business. Each business sometimes is unique. Certain businesses we can um, replicate most of the time when I when I experience small businesses, each business has unique issues, unique problems, and, and again, unique staff and, and a business owner. So <laughs> it, it needs to be tweaked uh, according to, you know, the preferences for each one. But, again, it's not something that's that's hard. Um, not you know, for you. Well, correct, not yeah. for me. But, again, we don't want to make that hard for the business owner. Yeah. It, we, it, when you're introducing a new system and a process, it, it's got to be something that's... Um, welcomed in the business it's not an added task or or something like that it's got to be it's got to be wow we should have done this such a, a long time ago it would have made our life easier and you know freed us freed our time you know simplified the the process and so forth so
0: yeah yeah you want them to be able to grasp it and really take hold of it because otherwise like you said at the beginning of the program Um, they might have started something and they're not and they're not finished it which is not ideal we're going to take a quick break here on small biz matters and come back after these community service announcements where we're going to talk a little bit more with muhammad about some specific tools that he is a particularly a fan of and i might jump in there and give some of my suggestions as well you're listening to small biz matters on triple h we'll be back after this So today we are talking all about one of my favourite topics, of course, which is processes and procedures, uh, something that flows off the tongue quite happily for me. And I've got Mohammed here from Tools of a Business, who's talking quite passionately about the importance of getting yourself organised. Now, just before the break, we were talking about the importance of knowing, uh, I guess, what's going on in your business on a day-to-day level. So you can really isolate where you need to strengthen your processes and procedures. And one of those important aspects is your staff. So I guess, um, Mohammed, in your experience, you might have walked into a couple of businesses where maybe staff aren't really doing what their original job description was because they've dived down a rabbit hole and they're, they're thinking about other things. Why is it so important to understand on a day-to-day level or week-by-week what your staff are doing in terms of time management?
1: <coughs> well, it costs money. Yeah. Uh, every staff member that you've got on the books is costing you money, costing the business money, and it's also time because if they're not producing uh, uh, productively within that time, um, you're not getting the output that you require. So it's essential to understand yeah, w- exactly what uh, your staff are doing, how long it takes them to do certain things. Again, then it allows you to maybe move staff around mm-hmm. if, if a certain ta- uh, staff member um, is excelling in a particular area then you know what else can can they be doing if a staff member is struggling a little bit you can understand you know their pain points that allows you maybe to provide further education for that staff member so that they can improve and and move on staff uh, i think staff is uh, is a resource in your business that you've got to uh, uh, really take care of. Uh, good staff can really build your business, and and, and bad staff can destroy your business. So it, yeah, it's critical that we understand exactly what our staff are doing, uh, how they're doing things. Because again, the, you may think that 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 the way that you told them was the best way, but they may have a an alternative way or. You know, someone outside might be able to suggest a better way or a better system that can be used Mm -hmm. so that that staff member uh, can be more effective uh, in their role. Uh, At the same time, like I said, with staff. Staff feedback on on improving systems certainly within you know uh, the business we had uh, the feedback we've got from staff allowed us to sort of change certain processes to improve things because like I said at the beginning uh, the business owner might be focusing on a certain area and, and staff are doing other other tasks mm. um, but when you get feedback from a staff member on how they're performing um, or, or if they're having a challenge within the business you can then address that and then improve that it makes the staff member happier they produce better results and then the business just um, excels from there.
0: What, What do you suggest is the most practical way to get that staff member to communicate with you? I know it depends on where they're located and that sort of thing but are you an advocate for sitting down in a room and talking or is it more of an email thing or a different system?
1: Well, whatever, I suppose, whatever you're comfortable with and, and you you may understand your staff uh, better. Um, if you've got, you know, uh, n- multiple staff members, then maybe each one wants to be, you know, private. So through email, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the team is comfortable talking things out in, in, in a group and um, brainstorming ideas. So it <clears throat> just depends on your particular business, and and also your relationship with your staff, members, and so forth. Um, At the beginning, I introduced something in our business was um, just a a weekly catch-up. We called Mm -hmm. it a weekly catch-up, and we made it quite... Uh, Quite interesting. We asked every member to come, sort of, with a with a quote that resonated for them every week, yeah, and um, And and an icebreaker, an icebreaker, and you know, and then we spoke about some of the wins they had for the week, Mm. some of the things that they uh, were challenged with, and and what they're going to be focusing on.
0: Can I ask? Did you have an agenda for that, or did you have more of a sort of a casual approach of just look, just come to the meeting with this sort of information, and we'll just let it flow.
1: Um, I, I had a brief agenda that, that, that I kept, which I didn't circulate around.
0: Oh, so you could keep yourself on track. So
1: I could yeah, (laughs) keep myself on track and ensure that our meetings didn't sort of, our get togethers didn't, you know, take too much time. And, um. And, and then we we, we flow from there.
0: Mm, I think it's a, a quite, coming back to what you're saying about time, it's very important that you value your staff members' time. <laughs> How many times have we all sat when we've been in a JOB perhaps where we've sat down and, and we've gone, oh, my God, this guy does not shut up, so we're just going to sit here for the next 45 minutes while we're having a work-in-progress meeting where he's going to talk to us, at us, about what we should be doing or and, and not really listening to his staff but wasting a whole lot of people's time. And I think... We need to value um, our staff members' time because it's our time that yeah. we're paying for. But but essentially, they, they have ownership of their own time as well. So you have to be considerate of, of that in that in that way. I think correct, correct. Yeah. Keep to keep be time pertinent when you're when you're holding meetings with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, share with you a quick story. Um, Nelson Mandela, you know, famous South African president. Um, he was asked. Um, you know, what makes him such a good leader? Uh, around the world, everyone agrees that he's a great leader. Um, and, and he said he used to go with his father, who was a tribal leader, and he used to go with his father to these tribal meetings. And everyone sat around in a circle. Mm-hmm. There was no sort of head of the table or anything there. Mm-hmm. And his father was always the last one to speak. Everyone else had a turn to speak, and then his father spoke last. So essentially it allowed everyone to give their ideas and then only, you know, did his father add his comments and so forth. So I think it works similarly within a team or in in meetings. Um, If you are the leader, doesn't mean you need to be the one doing all the talking. You may not be at the forefront of what's happening in the business or, or, or understand what challenges the staff are going through. So if you sit back, listen to what they have to say first, then you can add your yeah, so you it's know, more You've like got being the information, you've got that solver. information yeah, to yeah. be able to make... Uh, yeah.
0: And really at the end of the day, you you as a business owner should be the one who's sort of the umbrella, you're the one who understands the big picture of where everything's heading but each staff member knows the intricacies of what they're doing. You don't need to know how they're handling a certain client, for example, unless it all goes to poo, but you don't need to know there's intricacies but you understand where the client fits in the whole business Um, in terms of where they are with other clients and the priority they need to be given, for example. So, yeah, I like that idea of just sitting back and listening. I myself am not very good at that, as you can imagine with (laughs) (laughs) the the constant talking thing. Now, so the best – we're talking about, um, you know, business structures and, and operating types. Why is it really important that when you're at that point where you're growing that you understand different business structures?
1: Okay, so in this, and, and like I put in the, in the emails, we're not talking of the traditional sense where people think business structures, mm. a, you know, a, a solo trader, solar company, trader Trust, company, those yeah. kind of things. No, we're looking at exactly how does your business operate? What kind of structure are you using are you to generate like an income? a hierarchy? Like no, a, a no, family tree thing? Not even, not even that. We're talking exactly how would you go about doing business? Um, and a classic example would be a particular client that we're working with web developer, mm-hmm. right? She could have gone out, try to get business, come back, try to build the websites herself. We sat down with her and said, wouldn't it be easier in today's time with access to outsourcing um, and, and online tools and that where you outsource all of that operations, outsource, work with a team of outsourcers so that you can have, you know, people that you rely on that can produce the level of work that you want. Put that, build up your team there and then you just focus on going out because she was particularly we found her skills was great uh, better in attracting business going out and Mm. finding the business bringing new business in Uh, instead of her sitting back and coding building websites let pass that on get someone else to do that and you focus on your your, what's going to generate more income for the business so in a sense that's kind of the structure of how would i operate my Mm. business am i going to use outsourcing? Am I going to uh, employ staff? What, what is my role as the, as the business owner? And then that, that way is, you know, the structures that you've got to take.
0: So understanding what your strengths are to know where you sit and, and then what's, what, what are your weaknesses that you can then structure your business around to support yourself?
1: That is correct, yeah. Mm. Or, or again, not necessarily your weaknesses, but what areas would take up the most time to, to produce a result and then outsource that or if you're using staff, then have the staff do that and allow you to focus on on what's important. Because you're the business owner, so you can set the structure of how do you want to operate that business.
0: Yeah. And when you sit down and work people in, in those plans, would you be saying, okay, within two years' time, you would want to have these people in place and these systems in place? Or do you say, is it more of a building blocks mentality where you say, well, let's just do this first and then we'll look at the next step? Do you give people timelines for that sort of structure change?
1: Uh, we work with, with with businesses depending on on their needs, and and it depends on the business as well and and the structure. If they've got to make a change and it's a it, it, it's a complete shift and, and change in, in structure, then we may need to be yeah, more modular and say, right, we'll do certain things first and, and step by step, versus others. Which other business owners want to know the big picture? They want to know, uh, you know, what Where is at the I end be? of the yeah. um, at the end of the tunnel. So we then have to you know plan it all out and structure it um, that way. Mm-hmm. So coming back with, with the structures, so not only yeah, is it the outsourcing, but then you build the structure of how much do you want to automate? How much systems uh, uh, will you need to put in place? What systems is is, is critical? and um
0: So in your experience with people who are wanting to make that change, and, and I'm interested to see what people's mentality is with taking on staff, because on the one hand, I've heard that people say, well, the first people you need to hire or is sales to help you grow but then I've got the uh, other side of things which is the first people you need to hire is you know your background your your admin staff to help you support so you're the one doing the growth do you think it depends what industry you're in or is there a mentality that's shifting perhaps back to support staff away from sales being the focus like what's that first step of growth I guess
1: yeah, I think it's a, it depends on the industry that you're in and the and the business that you want to run and and then again the structure that you want to operate mm. um, because nowadays there's with technology and that sometimes you, you you don't even need staff you'll have you can outsource most of the work you can be the only you can be the face of the business mm. and everything is all um, systemized automated online. Um, So you could go down that way. So again, it depends. Yeah, if if it's a service-based business, you may need, you know, service-based staff members in front of customers. Um, If it's product-based, who knows? You could, you know, sort of drop ship, use... Companies like eBay, Amazon, those kind of things to sell products again.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So what are your favorite um obviously you need to be able to control those outsourced staff and what they're doing and how much time they're taking to do things. Do you have specific um software that you're you, you get excited about with when it comes to monitoring those people and hiring them in the first place?
1: Well, again in, in a sense of monitoring these um, apps and tools for time management and yep. stuff like that. So that can be plugged in. It can be set up for, within the company. So you I use the owner. I know I get an email every week with each member's times for the whole week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's broken down into every single day and, and in, in each day exactly what was spent and what. Yep. So, you know, when you're working with outsourcing, that's it's critical to understand, especially if you're paying things by the hour. Yeah. You'd want to be able to track um, them that way.
0: Are there particular apps that you favour for those kind of um, tracking tools? We,
1: I, I like a, a tool called Toggle. Mm-hmm. Um, it works fantastic. It uh, provides me you know, uh, visibility across the business over all the staff members. They yep. each have uh, accounts linked to their email and then it feeds into, it sends me the email for each one. Um, so yeah, we use that. I've been using that for quite a few years now and it's-
0: Does it, that integrate into accounting as well?
1: Um, you may be able to integrate into accounting depending on your software. Uh-huh. Um, there are tools for for integration, so you don't need to sort of code or, or, or you know use APIs. Um, a f- a favorite, famous one is, is Zapier. Um, another one is uh, if this, then that. So If
0: this, then that. Yeah, correct. It's, <laughs> it's a simple Yeah,
1: you know, it's, like trans-
0: it's obviously trying to move things from a CSV into mapping into the the, the back end of what you want to do yeah. with your accounting yeah. software. Yeah, correct,
1: correct. Um, I think what's important and, and critical is uh, is is logging everything as well. When, you, when you're automating certain things as well, you want to um, log what, what gets done. Mm. So a classic example is uh, many people, uh, particularly service-based businesses that uh, make appointments, book appointments, um, financial planning practices, classic example based on appointments, usually just goes into your calendar, your Outlook calendar, your Google calendar and so forth. What we've done is we were able to automate a system that takes in the bookings for our customers, send them, well, you know, uh, confirmation emails, the whole lot, those mm-hmm. kind of things, reminders. But then that also puts it in my calendar, and then also populates a spreadsheet Ooh. with the date, the time, and the client, and also if it's a location, if I'm going out to see them or whatever the case is, yeah, stuff like that. So you want to you want to be able to, especially with automation, you want to you want to be able to be have uh, a separate. Uh, tracking system as well to ensure that you know the system is working as well but also for reporting purposes so if you want to report how many appointments did i have this week Mm. you just pull up the spreadsheet straight away and you can
0: yeah and those gives you those analytics on which client you were dealing with and how much you were billing out for and then what downtime you had i would say as well on that end and and this is something that i've learned from a staff member interestingly um she works with me and is always saying to me Myself, I mean, it's obviously when we're working on client stuff, but if we're not working on client things or we're perhaps, uh, you know, drumming up some business or doing some work on LinkedIn or all the other things that we do, she said, you're not logging that. I said, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm not building. No, no, log it. Like, she's real one for saying, you need to track your time for when you're doing processes and procedures, specifically tweaking a spreadsheet, for example, or having a, a whip meeting. And I think too many business owners don't do that almost from the beginning. So you can start saying to yourself, well, this week I spent six hours on marketing. If I was working for client-based stuff, I would have earned this. Therefore, I can afford someone who's cheaper than that to do my marketing for me and I'll still be making money. So it's almost, you need that data and those analytics in a spreadsheet, let's face it, that's the nicest way to sort of see stuff across there. But you need to track that time that you spend doing other things as Correct. a business owner. And Correct. it can be a bit annoying. It can be fiddly. But is Toggle on an app as well?
1: Yeah. So Toggle's an app. You can get it on iPhone, Android. Uh, there's a desktop version mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, that Yeah. In, in, in a sense, Toggle, you may not need the spreadsheet for, for that part of it, the tracking of your time. And it certainly does that job. It's fantastic. Uh,
0: and I presume that you can build uh, from a drop-down menu some typical things that you don't. So you're not sort of constantly typing out, yes. worked on this client, yes. did June Bass, for example. But you can drop yep. down and choose a particular So that, So that one.
1: particular app uh, allows you to create clients. It allows you to create projects. And then you can work from there. So nice. you can then just say, oh, I'm working on this project uh, and that's uh, for this client. So you can actually track how much time per client you're spending on a particular project. If you're doing multiple projects for that client or you know, uh, ad hoc projects or so.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, that's probably something I'm going to go... I was trying to remember what that was because I knew that there was a there was a... I was looking at Timely... Not Timely. I was looking time, at Time, is yeah, it? another one? Yeah, or Hour Keeper. is another one. You want something that's accessible. And the reason why I asked if it's an app because you want something to be able to start and stop um, so you can track even those little minuscule minutes because they do add up, don't they? Yes. And almost going back to what you were saying at the beginning of the show that if you have the knowledge at the beginning of where your time is going and which things could be potentially outsourced by someone who's better at it than you are, that's a great starting point to getting systems and processes under control before they're under control. Correct. (laughs) You need the data. We're going to take a quick break here on Small beers, and we'll be back um, after these announcements just to talk a little bit more about systems, processes and procedures. So say, for example, you've got this data. What do you do with it? How can you start thinking about putting things into place to get everything streamlined? You're listening to Small Biz. We'll be back after this. Oh, you're still here with Small Biz Matters here on Triple H 100.1 FM and we are talking all things, uh, systems, processes, procedures um, and, and getting things under control here on Small Biz, which is one of my favourite topics, as you well know. Let me remind everybody once again, if you didn't hear me shouting earlier in the program to pop into your diary uh, the fantastic Small Business Networking Evening hosted by myself, Matt Keane, MP and Hornsby Chamber of Commerce. There are already 85 tickets snapped up, including our wonderful guest, Mahal will be there. So if you want to meet him in person and you've, you're starstruck after today's program, then you can come along. Um, there's going to be absolutely – it's great. There's fantastic people coming, I can tell you right now. There's awesome, really well-connected people that you want to be in the same room as. So that's on Monday the 10th of September, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Asquith Magpies, Waitara, Magpies, Waitara. I can't remember what they call themselves anymore, but it's a great place to eat. Actually, they've got really good food there. Uh, so come along, but make sure that you register beforehand and buy your tickets to um, – uh, buy raffle tickets in advance. The, the, the event itself is free but you can buy raffle tickets in advance to support Hornsby Connect. So just before the break, Mohammed, we were talking about um, helping understand where your time goes and there's a great program called Toggle that you can use. So let's say, for example, if we're talking getting everything organised, you've sat down, you've worked out where you use chunks of time, you've maybe sat down with your staff and worked out where they use chunks of time and you've isolated certain things that need to be automated so we're not talking about taking time away from your staff to, uh, to remove work from them or, or reduce their hours or take money away. That's not the case. It's about automating as much as possible to free up their time so that they can help you in ways that you imagined they would in the first place. So what do you find typically are really those pinch points where you go straight away, well, that we can automate. Let's just do that straight away. Where, where would you suggest are the first things that really jump out at you um, when you're dealing with businesses? <coughs>
1: So we, we usually deal with a lot of service-based business and that's yeah. appointment setting. Appointment setting, following up, confirming appointments, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that is, yeah, it, it just takes up so much time, unnecessary time, back and forth and so on. So that's a simple automation process. Um, simple things that you need there, a great CRM that, I mean, it's worth its weight in gold, having a good CRM system, uh, a, a calendar booking uh, platform as well. Mm-hmm. And the CRM, if it's got email functionality, so it books it in, confirms the appointment, and then sends reminders to clients. Uh, it's a wonderful way to, yeah. So you know, having a CRM, that system.
0: yeah, I was going to say, because obviously um, a lot of people would have CRM, even in the form of a spreadsheet, you should just list a something. And then of course, there's um, HubSpot, which a lot of people use as well. But I think, Probably a lot of people aren't using it to its full automation capabilities. And you're saying use that as a calendar booking service as well as as systemizing your customer list.
1: Correct. So, yeah... HubSpot is a a, a fantastic CRM system Um, and it has a built-in calendar booking um, uh, feature. Does it
0: talk to all of them though? Because aren't there like 20 different calendars and I worry that people, if I send them an invitation, it's not going to go into their calendar. But nowadays, it's getting better. It seems to be...
1: Yeah, it is getting better. So, what it does is it allows people to self-serve themselves. Um, So you send them an email with the link or you can even send them an SMS sometimes with a link because people are all, you know, using smartphones today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their emails and their uh, uh, calendars are all on their phone. So you send them the link they can self-serve, they can choose a convenient time that you've pre-selected within the settings of your uh, you know, appointment yeah. platform or HubSpot in this case yep. and then they can select the, the time that suits them, yep. that fits within your calendar and book themselves in and then the, syst- uh, the system will you know, auto, uh, automate that, collect that information, and you can just have a, um, a sequence or a campaign that allows the system to send them reminders and confirmations of that appointment. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh
0: that sounds really exciting. So, you've got a new client meeting, and you go, right, rather than sitting there and. So, the old system was create an email, and if you're really clever, then you've already automatically used signatures in your emails to pre-populate the email if you've got that far. God help you if you haven't. <laughs> we <laughs> want to talk to people who, who really know what, what they're at, up to. But basically, if you've already got that system in place, then you go to your diary and you go, oh, let's get three chunks of time. And then you put back into the email and you put a little sentence of the bottom. I literally talk about what I do. And then at the bottom, you write down, please note, I can't hold any of these times because it's a busy time of year. Then you send the email. Then they write back to you and say, I'll have that time, please. Then you put it in your diary. Then you go back to them with an email saying, okay, that's locked in. Where do you want to go? Then you have a conversation about location. And then finally, the day before or at the beginning of the week when you're meeting with them, you then then – yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I can see what you're saying now. That all that toing and froing is completely unnecessary and and not not needed. The the HubSpot version that you speak of, which gives people options in your calendar, that's really good. Can you block out chunks of time and say to them, "Here are the options." Yeah, yeah. So you can. Awesome.
1: So what it does is it it, it, it reads your your um, Google calendar or your Outlook calendar. So it, it's actually synced to your actual your your calendar that you're using. Mm. So. If you've got some free time, you just leave that space available within um, Google your Google Calendar or your Outlook Calendar. Mm. If you actually want to block out time, let's say you you've got a family function and you don't want to do something or you've got to get to the kid's school for uh, you know an event at, at kid's school, you can block out that day. Mm. The system will read and say oh, that there's no free time no on that time day. Yeah. Uh, we got to use an alternative day.
0: Are we talking about the the, the paid version of HubSpot to be able no, to do that? No, that's on the free version. Wow. It
1: allows you it allows you to set up one um uh, one um calendar uh, meeting uh, appointment type
0: right right yeah yeah yeah
1: so yeah on the free version
0: okay if you okay. were to pay
1: then you'd get you know Excellent. And just
0: a little tip, I did give this tip earlier um, in the year with setting up HubSpot because sometimes you go, oh my God, where do I start? I mean, I know hundreds of people. What I did is I actually extracted my list out of LinkedIn, which was so exciting. I didn't know you could do that. You can do it with first name, last name, the company they work for, the email address and their position. I think you get a whole stack of data, even their addresses if they have them in there. And then you manipulate that list. And what I did is I just grabbed the last 6 months worth because I thought older things and that might not be relevant and you know we all start with just inviting our friends on LinkedIn anyway <laughs> to build up our numbers and then I grabbed that list and that was what I imported into HubSpot and that was my starting point because obviously just starting from scratch can be quite tedious and you don't want to be typing things in you want to be extracting data out of what you've got as an existing thing and LinkedIn is an existing um uh, and you can grab your client list out of your Xero file. That's another yep. list as well. So there's, there are places that you can go to rather than feeling like you have to completely start from nothing, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Almost all CRM systems now have, a you know, an import or export function. Mm. So, Yeah.
0: So calendars are painful, um, and and going the toing and the froing. You're absolutely right. I would probably spend two hours on a Sunday night confirming all of my meetings for the following week, thinking yep. that I'm being all personalised when really people don't care if they're getting an automated email or not. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and look again, there's 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 tips and tricks and stuff that you could do to you know, sort of make it look like it's not an automated mm. email as well. You, yeah. you know, email signatures, this, that and, yes. and the other to make it a bit more personalised so people don't think it's it's automated yeah. um, and so forth.
0: So don't use the templates that you're given in a nutshell. Don't use those. Actually spend the time to sit there and make them a little bit more reflective yeah. of who you yeah, are. Yeah,
1: correct. Be, per- be more personal. You know, like I was saying earlier, it's about the experience that you've got to create for the, for the customer. Mm. Um, if they're just getting a generic email, it's not going to be a great experience. They want to, you know, it's, it's a human to human business in most cases, even if it's a product based, mm. someone may need to sell or they're going to communicate with someone. Yeah, they
0: still want to and, see and the face behind the name. They still want
1: to see your yeah. face or, you know, uh, yeah, they want to have a, a great experience dealing with your business.
0: Talking about what you are saying in the beginning of the show about you competing with other people's experiences. Exactly. That's what you want to make sure that you're making yeah. it efficient as well as, well as personal. Yeah. So we've, we've talked about uh, managing time a little bit better across you and your staff with, with an app called Toggle. We've talked about um, using uh, CRMs such as HubSpot to to do pre-populations. There's also standalone things like Calendly where yes. you can send out options. I tried that for a while and then I found it a bit clunky, but I haven't really explored it properly. Um, so I need to give that some time to try and work it out. But I'm actually going to go now go back to HubSpot and think, well, I didn't realise it's got that functionality in the free version, so I'll have a go at that. Um so we've we've managed time a little bit. We've managed uh, we've managed the the appointment setting. Where's another pinch point? I'm g- I'm going to say bookkeeping. I'm going to ta- okay. tell it's, it's bookkeeping. It's just got to <laughs> be bookkeeping. And I want to tell people because we're talking about systems and processes about um, receipts. Because I, I went to go and see a new client yesterday, and I couldn't believe it. These people have been in business for fifteen years, and they literally p- pulled out a wad of receipts. And I went, "What is that?" And they said, "Well, this is this is what we give our." Um, our accountant each quarter, your accountant. So they're actually paying really good money to have an accountant go through those receipts. And I'm a big fan of Receipt Bank and the things that it does as well because what you want to find, first of all, is something that integrates with your accounting software because we are talking about the movement of money here. And you want to find something that pulls out five pieces of data out of the receipt. So you want to be able to name the supplier, the date, the amount, the GST amount, and if you've had it there before, you want it to be able to pull out the same account that you've posted it to previously. That's, that, there's so many programs that, that, that do that out there quite successfully and, and with a high degree of accuracy that people are quite surprised by this still. So anybody out there, this is one thing that just needs to be automated. Because, yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. Receipts. Receipts go missing. Yeah. Um, And and they're critical to your business in in the sense of recording the correct expenses.
0: And GST. GST. Exactly. People still say to me, oh, it's all on the bank statement. I said, (laughs) it's really not. Because nothing is showing the GST on a bank statement. Although some banks stupidly just divide it by 11 and say there's the GST on it. It's like, yeah, but I just bought $100 worth of milk, so that hasn't got a GST, so you're wrong. So please, nobody out there, think that a state bank statement is sufficient because it's not. It's not. It doesn't give you enough data and it's not accurate. And I think it's quite a furfy and naughty of the ATO to say that they accept bank statements because if you're a sole trader and you are intermingling your personal stuff with your business-related things and you're not even a PTYLTD, then there is no way that that bank statement is, is a tax... Um, effective document. Yeah. For yeah. sure.
1: And again, um, for, for warranties, sometimes you lose the receipt or the statement mm-hmm. or the, whatever the case is mm-hmm. and the product is faulty or and you they need to re- replace it. Never
0: mind losing it, they just disappear they, they in front of fade. your eyes. Yeah, exactly. These,
1: all fade. So, yeah, having it, having it into a, a, um, a tool like re- Receipt Bank mm. that then gets fed straight into your accounting software, it automates that. And uh, if you
0: don't want to pay for something like Receipt Bank, okay, because your time's really not that valuable, uh, then what you might want to do is um just simply start taking photos immediately and take things straight into your Google drive, yeah, so you can create a folder in Google Drive, just call it receipts, and then basically you just add you 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 press the plus button, so you open up that folder, hit the plus button, and then take the picture, and then it will automatically feed into that drive and then throw away the receipt because it doesn't you don't need to keep it, so yeah, big thing is paper, big thing is just getting rid of. All those bits of paper that are lying around the office, and people think, "Oh, you know, I've got non-disclosure agreements, or I've got employment contracts, or I've got all of that. All of that can go into into soft copies." But having said that, you need to make sure you've got the correct backup system. Yeah, correct, very correct. Uh,
1: and, and again, talking about uh, backup systems and. Um Google Drive, Mm. OneDrive, Dropbox and the whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that we found also that works is, and and I spoke about this earlier, is having a spreadsheet populate with a document. So the name of the document. So when a document is is saved to Google Drive or OneDrive or uh, uh, Dropbox, Mm -hmm. Have a, having a system that will automatically populate the name of the folder or that, that the um, file is saved into the name of the file and the date that the file was saved into that into a spreadsheet allows you to Come back later and find that document quicker. Search for them. Oh, yeah. Classic. My, my dad's got backups of his backups of his backups online, mm-hmm. and he just can't find anything. And it's all backed up. It's there, and he's got multiple copies of the yeah. backups. Awesome. Uh, yet he can't find anything. Yeah. So I, I implemented a system for him, saying, "Okay, let's let's do this. Let's when you automatic when you save uh, a file into your 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 online drive, mm. right? Let it automatically." populate your spreadsheet and it just adds on the spreadsheet so it just fills the next line so the next time you save something in there a new line in in the spreadsheet will go and say okay on the 28th we added um, you know this document mm-hmm. and it's in this folder
0: and it's in this folder that's the column that is so that, crucial that, correct
1: mm. so essentially he's uh, if he needs to look for something now he just has to open up the spreadsheet and then sift if there is ah oh, i saved this last week and then you can filter well, last week, show me all the documents I saved. Or if you know the name of the yeah. file or it, yeah. what folder it's in, you can then um, search through there. So it's a, it, it, some people say, well, the computers could you know, filter and search anyway. Yes, it can, but how many times have you actually found the file that you were looking for when you did that search?
0: Yeah, and, and don't forget that the search functionality is not going to be as powerful on Google Drive, for instance. I found that to be quite... Um, subsistent. It's just not great. It doesn't have the uh, the recognition that you need. Whereas if you're p- typing something into Word and there's actual text there, it's, it's a better opportunity for it to find things. But images, it's not going to find what you need.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, way. and that's again a time-saving uh, exercise for you looking for files or looking for documents.
0: Uh, and also having an automated, you mentioned the backups before, but having an automated system so that the backups happen in the background you're not having to sit there and babysit the machine while it moves files from one place yeah. to another it's not the 1990s anymore yeah 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 indeed look we could we could talk about this for a very long time so <laughs> i just wanted to thank you very much for coming on the program now um tell us a little bit about your website and how people can find out more about your business
1: Yeah, look, um, people can uh, certainly find us online um, or on Facebook as well. Tools of Business, we're we're there, uh, toolsofbusiness.com.au. Our contact information is there. You can book an appointment and have a chat with me. Automatically? Uh, Yep, (laughs) automatically. um, I I offer a uh, a discovery session. It's complimentary. It's valued at $300 plus GST. Um, It's 45 minutes. Uh, We'll talk about you, your business, um, and I'll try and give you three three possible solutions um, to some of the problems that you may have.
0: That's awesome. Look, thank you very much for coming on the show. We've packed it with lots of information. I hope that people can go away today and really implement some of these processes in their business. Thank you again for coming on the show, Mohammed.
1: Thank you for having me, Alexi.
0: You've been listening to Small Biz Matters, the half hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name's Alexi Boyd. We'll be back with an excellent guest again next week.